Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Jana Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode. It's Jana here again. I always like to give you a little environmental update. I don't know. It just feels weird talking into this microphone and not having you here. So I want to picture you and I want you to picture me. But, you know, that's also a little strange because there's so many of you and just one of me. So the only thing I can tell you is what I'm doing. (laughs) How's that for a concise podcast intro? It's snowing here for the first, it's the first real snowfall. So it's beautiful and it's cozy and I've got my tea here and I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. I decided to just dive right in because I have covered the three foundational elements, the three things that really guide all my other exploration into this wild world of sex and marriage and and which are, just as a recap, sort of the three requirements of the of desire or the three factors that I see most contribute to desire either growing or going down. And those are looking at cultural messages that affect us as women, cultural messages that tell us what sex should be like. And this is sort of the department that this podcast episode is going to be in. We're going to be looking at the messaging around what desire is and what science is now telling us sort of advancing our understanding of what desire is and isn't. Then we also have emotional and physical safety with your husband. That is critical, so important. And then, of course, the topic we covered last week was understanding your body and your preferences. And they all overlap. You know, it's hard to separate things out, but uh, I hope that gave you a really good foundational understanding for where my where I come from, what my point of view is after working with hundreds of women in this one specialty, helping women married to men want and enjoy sex more, and then also in my own life and relationship, which is a never-ending process of discovery and learning. Spoiler alert, as you probably know, marriage is just a people-growing machine. It's not that happily ever after that we were sold. I should do a whole podcast episode on that. So coming back to today and looking at desire, there can be so much pressure and angst around being in the mood and waiting for those tingly feelings to come, the horniness. I don't know. What what does it even feel like? I've actually asked groups of women this. What are you looking for when you think, I want to be in the mood? And it's actually really hard. It's very elusive. 
feels out of control, but usually there's sort of a body element to it, some sort of bodily response. There can be a lot of uh, just anxiety if you do feel some of that bodily response to capitalize on it. And then your partner comes home and then you get busy and then it's at the end of the night and you're exhausted and you're like, shoot, it's gone. So it it can come and go and it's hard to know how to conjure it up. Certainly you can try with watching sexy scenes or reading erotic material or fantasizing or pulling out the vibrator. I don't know. There's things you can do, but ultimately it feels really just random and confusing and frustrating. Sometimes our partners will think that because we aren't feeling aroused, horny, in the mood, wanting it, that it's we don't feel find them attractive or that we're not in love with them anymore or ultimately that there's something wrong with us. And that's what we that's the conclusion we typically draw is, is there's something wrong with me. Well, I want to prove to you today that there's nothing wrong with you. And in fact, we can look at desire and wanting in a whole new light. And when I learned what I'm going to teach you today, I felt a huge weight lift off my shoulders, I realized that I actually never had to worry about being in the mood again. So you see, like I mentioned before, a lot of us have very outdated understanding of how desire works, and it's not our fault. Science is always advancing, and it doesn't always have the right motivations, and it can filter out and not and be very garbled and it can be impacted by those cultural forces that we have in our world. So again, just because this outdated view of desire exists out there doesn't mean that you know you've done anything wrong at all. It makes a lot of sense. And we were really taught this sort of three-step process of number 1, you're going to get those tingly, arousal, I want some sex feelings in your body, which again, we don't really know what we're looking for. Maybe you had this in the past, actually, and it's changed for you. Usually about 50% of the women I serve have used to have this feeling. And now they don't, and the other never really experienced this. I was sort of on that end of the spectrum. I never really experienced that. I mean, once in a while, of course, there's anomalies and outliers experiences. But for the most part, this is, this is what I had. So first you have those tingly, horny, in-the-mood feelings. Then you just sort of find your partner. You sneak away to a closet or on top of a dryer or in the shower. I don't know. It's ridiculous scenes. I I still don't understand shower sex. I don't understand counter sex. I just don't get it, the logistics of it. (laughs) But I guess it makes for good TV scenes. And then typically you have intercourse and then orgasms. So feel horny, find partner, have orgasms, and then it's all over with. And that is what sex is. You have arrived, you work, you function if this is your experience. It's so ingrained in us. So like I mentioned, science has really moved on from this, thankfully, and we are discovering new things. And I hope we continue to discover new things. And we don't need science FYI, to validate our experience. But because we do live in a culture that t- 
teaches us, especially as women, to look outside of us ourselves to validate what's going on inside, it can help to give us labels and names and frameworks to understand these things. So now we understand that there are a multitude of ways that we could start sex, enjoy sex, be motivated to have sex and experience sex, and we could actually be a lot more sophisticated than this A, B, C linear experience that has a lot of us feeling really inadequate and really broken. So technically speaking, and I learned this first from Emily Nagoski in the book, Come As You Are, technically speaking, there are two types of desire. And I think it's more complex than this, and I'll get into that in a minute here, but I just wanted to give you a framework that is new-ish. I mean, it, ish. <laughs> it's been going on for a while, but basically media hasn't caught up yet. And so we're, we're just seeing the same old, same old, same old, which is spontaneous desire. And that's the, the arousal and then the and then the finding the partner and the having the very formulaic sex. Well, the spontaneous desire part isn't connected to the formulaic sex, but it's it's all sort of wrapped up in one very media-driven performance. Responsive desire is the other type of desire that they've discovered, which is that you may respond in a safe, comfortable, in curious environment where some physical pleasure could take place and you could see how your body responds by certain touches, by certain uh, conversation, dialogue. If I were to say to you, if your partner were to say to you, uh, you know, I, I love spending time with you no matter what we're doing. It's really great to lay here and cuddle with you. I accept all of you, the messy bits and all. Thanks for being such a great partner. I, you know, all I want is to spend time with you. We, we don't have to get anywhere. There's no goals. This is wonderful. This is just so great. I'm guessing that your body is responding to that. And again, I'm not your partner. You're not in the experience. But if you could imagine your partner saying that, you could feel your body relax and melt and be open and feel safe. And it's possible that in that environment, your body would start responding. You would start feeling sensations or you would be open to exploring and being curious about what sensations may feel like. So in addition to this, I'd mentioned before that we can have different motivations to want to have sex. So right now, in this old model, there's only one reason, really, and that's to have an orgasm or orgasm-ish experience, if you haven't had one before. It's very genital-focused. It's very petty and sweaty and, you know, sort of gropey. But there may be many, many other reasons that you want to have an intimate connection with your partner, including wanting to connect, wanting to relax, wanting to experience nourishment for yourself, wanting a, a spiritual experience perhaps, or wanting to shut the world out for a while. Maybe you want to receive that physical pleasure or to give physical pleasure. You want to feel empowered and confident. You want to be creative 
and explore and be curious and, and wonder what your five senses could feel like and experience. You may want to talk. You maybe have just really a busy week and it's difficult to find moments to just chit chat and be friends and be lovers together. You may want verbal reassurance. I love it when my partner says you're a good mom. <laughs> That's just awesome. So really the most important thing is that you are actually wanting to start an experience and see where it goes. If you aren't wanting to do it, then don't do it. <laughs> but you could have many reasons for wanting. You don't need that fire between your legs to, for it to be a valid reason to you know, explore something together. So you may be wondering, okay, Jenna, this all sounds interesting and okay, great. But if I'm not in the mood and that's okay that I'm never in the mood, how does sex ever happen? Because that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the feelings or for my partner to say, hey, do you want to have some sex? Somebody has to initiate this experience and then I need to make a decision or I'm feeling pressured to initiate when I'm not really into it or I'm waiting for those sensations to happen and then I'm like quickly calling my partner to rush home before they <laughs> go away and I'm left with sort of numbness and dryness and whatever that I experience typically. So here's how you do it. Now, it's not simple. I had originally written in my notes for this podcast, like you simply do this. I'm like, no, Jana, this, this is not simple. This has taken me years to figure out how to do this well without pushing myself or causing more anxiety. So I'm going to give an ex uh, example of what this looks like in my life, but I just want to preface this where that saying it's not simple, it's what we spend a lot of time on in my program, Wanting It More. We don't explore this part until week six of an eight-week program, so there's there's a lot of layers that are really important and necessary before you do this piece here. Okay, so you put it in your calendar. You schedule it. You schedule a time, an opportunity to explore something together. And when that time happens, you see where your body is. So you're not showing up having to be horny or in the mood or wanting a really intense genital focused experience you show up as you are in that moment and that may include feeling overwhelmed by life that may include feeling a little low that may include feeling a lot of connection with your partner or no connection at all a lot of connection with yourself or no connection at all a lot of self-care happening or maybe you're just just feel really numb and disconnected from yourself but every week or however often you want to create these opportunities to explore together, you're showing up. And it's not about meeting any outside goals. So this is so beautiful because it takes away that initiation pressure. It takes away the nightly stress. The, you know, is it going to happen tonight? How do I feel? Oh my gosh, it's been two months. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, it's been a, a year. How is this ever going to happen? I feel so distant. You know, even if you aren't having sex, you're probably thinking about having sex, right? Am I right? Certainly that was for me. I went two periods of a year each not having sex at all. And I probably thought about sex every single day. 
So let me illustrate what this may look like with my last sexual experience. So we decide to have these, what I call exploration dates on Sunday morning. And that's been a process in itself, figuring out what it looks like for our schedule. And as our kids have gotten older, what that looks like. And we used to do it on Saturdays, but I found like I needed Saturday to reconnect with my husband after a long work week of just, you know, shuffling kids around to dance and choir and, you know, making dinner and all of that stuff and feeling stressed from work for both of us. So Saturday is a really great time to connect, to go for a walk together, to maybe work on a home project together. And then Sunday morning, it just feels right for me. And when I work with women, it's all over the place. I mean, some people do it in the morning, some people do it during the weekday, kids go down for a nap, husband comes home for lunch. I mean, there's all sorts of opportunities to figure this out for yourself. And it does take time. So again, this is not simple. I'm but we have decided to use Sunday mornings for this. And most Sunday mornings, this happens. It's a priority for us. It's a priority for me. And it's an opportunity for me, what I look forward to this experience. Sometimes it's physical pleasure if I'm feeling amorous. Uh, but often it's a time to shut out the world and relax a little bit and get out of my head and into my body. And of course, there's that opportunity to connect with my husband, have a good conversation, feel emotionally close. So last Sunday, we, what happened? Oh, I had just, it was my second day on my period. So I was feeling still really crampy. It was a really, it's been a really rough couple of periods. Does that happen when you get older? I don't know. Let me know. all the changes we go through. So I was wearing my menstrual cup and I just wanted to crawl into bed. I wanted to be naked. I don't always want to be naked. Sometimes I want to be clothed. I wanted him to be naked. I don't always want that. And I just snuggled up next to him, put my hand on his chest, ran my hand through his hair. He had his arm around me. And we were just laying there snuggling, naked, cozy together, and it felt really nice. I started to run my foot up and down his leg, feeling his leg hair. That was interesting sensation for me, just just sort of exploring his, his body and just exploring how that is for me. Because I am the one with more needs and more triggers, he's usually up for basically whatever, I lead the experience and that's what I teach women to do just to provide that nest of safety that is absolutely required for pleasure. Otherwise, your body will completely shut down and it will not want to explore and be curious. It will want to protect. At some point, uh, I really thought, hmm, okay, would it, would it, what would be really nice to me today? Would it feel nice to receive pleasure, to give pleasure? Because I was wearing a menstrual cup, I... I just didn't feel like I wanted to have intercourse that day. And I just really wanted to just touch my husband. That's what I wanted in that day. So uh, he laid on the bed. I sat up next to him. 
And I just started to explore his penis with my hand, with coconut oil. And we just continued to talk. He got an erection and went down. Just very casual, very casual, very enjoyable, very um, nervous system regulating for me. There was no goals, no pressure. Again, this isn't simple. We there, There's a whole process that goes into this, communicating boundaries, setting this up, right? There's a framework to this. So it's not just simply about scheduling sex. But that it's what I wanted. And at one point, we started talking about finances, as you do as you're stroking your husband's penis. <laughs> and we have been working through some stuff in our relationship. You know, for the last year or so, we've found out that my husband has had undiagnosed and untreated ADHD. And we're learning about that and also learning about the harm that has been caused by that. And one of those has been financial. So it brought up some triggers for me. I started to cry. He he held me. Uh, he acknowledged impact. It was really a beautiful, vulnerable, safe experience. And one may not call that sexual. One may say that that was a interruption or, you know, that it, it stopped the flow from happening. But I, I, my point of view is that there's no flow to happen. It's an experience. You're exploring pleasure and connection together. And after that, I decided that I really wanted a shower. I really wanted the warm water to just feel nourished and to give myself some self-care going through my period. It's difficult. And so I gave him a kiss on the cheek. I'm not a big mouth kisser. And I believe he ended up uh, having an orgasm on his own, which is something that we're okay with in our relationship as long as porn is not involved. So for me, that was a complete and whole and beautiful and satisfying experience. It does not look like that every single week. Some weeks it's much more sort of genital focused, orgasm focused, Some weeks it's less so, some weeks I'm receiving, some weeks he's giving, because every week we're going to experience something different. Our bodies are going to respond in different ways. So the whole idea is that you can show up in the moment just as you are. I really want to acknowledge as I'm closing this episode out here that you may not be in a situation right now where it's safe to do these things. So there may be an expectation for your sexual experience to look very typical, that sort of foreplay, intercourse, orgasm, linear formula with genitals involved and everyone is doing all the things and there's a lot of intensity and that is really a lot of pressure. I'll just say that. That's a lot of pressure and our bodies don't respond to pressure. So if you're in that situation, I just want to acknowledge that, that this can be a very difficult process to start making changes in your relationship. And I never want to oversimplify what I share here. This is nuanced and there are a lot of factors. And um, I'm just, I'm really cheering you on. I'm really cheering you on. And I'll be talking more about creating boundaries and and maybe I'll bring on John and we, my husband and we can talk about these things together and workshop them through because he was not always a willing participant. He was not always as enthusiastic as he is now about the way we have structured, structured our sexual experiences so that I can feel as safe as I feel, which means that we can experience really new and wonderful and different um, 
pleasures together and different connections together every single week. All right, well, I hope that helped illustrate that desire is not just one simple thing. It's not just having this horniness thing and then just wanting to jump into bed with your husband. There can be a lot more reasons to want it and wanting it can look very different than may you what you may think it should look like. I certainly can say I want it with my husband. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Uh, For me, it's sort of a fondness and a looking forward to and a real sadness if we have to miss it for whatever reason. You know, it's, it's not just taking a pill or fixing sort of your physical situation, although looking at your hormones is really important. And of course, I encourage you to speak to your doctor about all of that stuff. But it's not just trying to make your body work. It's part of the relationship that you have yourself. It's part of the relationship you have with your partner and it can be complex and that's okay. If whatever I'm sharing here is feeling really intriguing, maybe a little bit scary, but it's something that you really want, we are doing another round of my program, Wanting It More, in early February. And I take you step by step by step, very methodically through different Um, different paths, as I like to call them. And we take a look at those three important elements of desire, the culture, safety, and your body. And we spend time each week with simple exercises and simple suggestions until week six, where we really look at formulating these exploration dates and what that would look like for you. It's very unique to you. Just because I shared an experience that I had does not mean that your experiences would look anything like that. That's not the point. The point is that you learn about yourself deeper and deeper so that you can design experiences that you can look forward to. So if you're interested in that, right now I'm actually revamping the offer page so you can find it at janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more, but maybe hold off a few weeks until I've got some new, um, new copy on there. And so you can really help, really help yourself determine if this is a good step for you, because it's not for everybody in, you know, depending on where they are in their relationship. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would really, 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 really appreciate it if you could follow that does help the podcast grow. And if you wanted to leave a rating and review, that would be so incredible. It would make my little heart super happy and help me just keep on going, encourage me to keep keep putting out episodes, trying to be as helpful as possible uh, as I can. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you feel relieved that you don't have to be in the mood, that there are other ways to experience a really fulfilling and satisfying sexual experience with your partner. I'll talk to you next week.